Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. yourself a cold one my name is chris his name is craig we are in the basement at a nine foot homemade oak bar and we are doing bucks in the basement how are you my friend um i'm not doing too bad other than the fact that the pirates play a game past my bedtime tonight so that's that's the worst when they're on the west coast it's the worst you know i mean it, it it really sucks when those games are on out there i mean i get it i mean the people out in the west coast they suffer i lived on the west coast for a while yeah, there's nothing like watching a football game at nine o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, which means you got to get to the bar at 8 a.m. to watch your out of town game because nobody really roots for the even the even the people in California don't root for the California teams. So at eight o'clock in the morning, the bars are packed. That means you had to get up at 630 in the morning. So you get yourself dressed, showered, especially when you were young, you might run into a girl. And then and then like you get out to the bar, you want to make sure you get a table. And then by noon. You're hammered. You've gone through the first game, and you got the next ones coming up. So I mean, they they suffer out there. Trust me. So I understand why they want to have baseball at a good time for them. So I get it. Um, you just described like the perfect day, Chris. Like, <laughs> get up and drink all day. Yeah, I feel terrible for them. They get to start drinking. And, Sorry, honey, my team's playing at right. nine. That's why I'm cracking open yeah. a beer. Well, that's what happens. When, you know, it was bad for me because I'm a good Catholic boy, and I felt shame if I didn't make it to church. And I couldn't go to church super early in the morning. So I was walking into that late afternoon Sunday mass, uh, three sheets to the wind, just trying to make it through, <laughs> just trying to maintain through the gospel. That's what I was doing. All right. So uh, besides that, eh, rough week. The Pirates are going to pirate. They got very piratey this week. Didn't win a lot of games, and it's more what you expected. Uh, did you see anything good? Well, the guys that performed poorly um, for the most part were, you know, Trevor Cahill. Who sucks? Sean, Sean Poppin in relief, not a guy you're relying on right. long term. Right. So there's like not a ton to be upset about. Everybody will say, you know, it's a it's a weak lineup. Well, no crap, it's a weak lineup. And people are getting on Eric Gonzalez again. And of course, what does Shelton do? Eric they put puts Eric Gonzalez in cleanup in the first game. Eric Gonzalez has not been hitting well. But once again, Chris, we've said this a million times. You cannot blame Eric Gonzalez for this. You blame Kevin Newman. You blame Cole Tucker. He's the only reason that Eric Gonzalez is still even a contributing member of this team. If they were contributing, you know what? He might be a bench piece. He's not a bad bench piece. He's a good defensive player. Hits the ball hard sometimes. That's a guy you'd like to have coming off the bench. But because some players haven't stepped up, he has to play a bigger role for your team. That's, that's just what it is. That's why Wilmer Defoe's in there. That's why everybody's trying to hang their hat on Philip Evans, who's been struggling. You're looking for those guys to step in, 
Well, guess what? If Philip, if if some other players would have stepped up along the way, or if Neil Huntington would have done better at, you know, developing outfielders and stuff, you wouldn't have to have Philip Evans in left field. That's just the nature of the situation we're in right now. Eric Gonzalez is nothing more than the replacement level player that the guys that you either drafted or expect to to be better, to claim that job, all they have to do is beat him. And because they can't beat him, he's in the lineup. And so we we having expectations for Eric Gonzalez is unfair to Eric Gonzalez. He is what he is, okay? In a lot of organizations, he's a AAA player. On the Pirates, he's a major league player. The fact that he's getting a lot of at-bats and he's batting cleanup in a game, that shows how bad the Pirates are. And these other guys who have far more talent and have far more upside are not performing. So you're right about that. I mean, it, it, it's not Eric Gonzalez's fault that he's hitting 229 with a 608 OPS. That's what he is. He's not meant to do anything else. You know, I'm sure in his, in his heart of hearts, he wants to do more, but that's what he is. He's never going to be anything other than that. What you're looking for are all these other guys that supposedly are better than him to actually prove it, and they can't. And and that's that's where the frustration is, but it's another thing that you're looking for this year. Look, I look at the I look at the Pirates right now, and I go back to what I said at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, there were certain guys you're paying attention to, and they matter the most. Brian Reynolds matters. Hitting 286 with an 809 OPS means that last year was a fluke. I think he still needs to do better. I think he will do better. I think those numbers are going to go up. And that's something that you're watching for while you're watching the Pittsburgh Pirates. Colin Moran hitting 287 with an 831 OPS is something that you have to sit there and say, I feel good about that. That makes me happy. That that shows that he is a valuable piece that may end up getting traded to somebody at some point for something else, or at least is going to be a cog for the next couple of years while you're going through what you're going through. Cabrian Hayes is injured. When he gets back, you're going to pay attention to him. Those are the guys that matter. Name me another guy right now that's in your lineup that's hitting that you're really staring at going, well, I'm waiting for this guy to prove that he's going to be a superstar. Yeah, because I look at, there's certain stats that I look at with players, and it's it's good to go against like the averages. So for a hitter, a lot of the times I turn to WRC plus, weighted runs created plus. So 100 is the average. So basically, are you driving people in? If you're a hitter, what is your what is your job? To hit people in. So I look at that, and the guys that are above average on the team right now, I mean, Wilmer Defoe's on those there, but he only has like 34 bats. So don't look for him to be on there very much longer. But the guys above him are Adam Frazier, Jacob Stallings, Brian Reynolds, and Colin Moran of the guys who have played a lot. If you told me that those guys were performing well and those guys were, you know, hitting and doing things, I would be looking for hopefully Kevin Newman more to be towards the top of that. But that kind of makes me happy to see, you know what, those are the guys that are performing well. It's not, you know, we're being led right now by Eric Gonzalez, Wilmer Defoe, and I mean, I can't even think of another name, man. But if they were the ones that were like leading the team, and Brian Reynolds is hitting 225, but guess what, guys? We're four games over 500 or something. I'd be like, man, we are in trouble. 
But when I look at the players that are performing well, like if you go towards the pitching side, the guys that you want to see perform well, JT Brubaker had a decent outing on Friday night. Of course, you know, Mitch Keller did not have a, a good outing the time before that. So that's one of those other downsides. David Bednar's pitching good in the bullpen. Richard Rodriguez, Cal Crick still have not a lot of run. Those are your trade pieces, those last two, because I don't know how long that can maintain for. I know you have some years of control on those guys and everything, but I would be looking, you know, to get something for them as soon as possible. But the guys that you're looking to do well, to me, other than, you know, Kevin Newman with the bat and Mitch Keller, you know, pitching from the mound, those are the only guys right now that I'm looking at that I see as mattering as either trade pieces or pieces for the future that haven't lived up to expectations. So, you know, if if there's a bad game and Sean Poppin gives up five runs and now, you know, got sent down to AAA when Michael Feliz comes back, I'm not really thinking too much about Sean Poppin. If Trevor Cahill goes up and down every single, you know, appearance that he comes out. And that's what he's been doing, Chris. I mean, he's been going good game, bad game, good game, bad game. I honestly don't care because the biggest part of that is that he's actually eating innings, which I didn't think he was going to be able to do. Like he gets lit up in the first couple innings and he's just like, you know what? I'm going to throw about a hundred pitches today. I can, I can still go. I can still go five or six innings, Shelton. Not a problem. So that's what his job is to do. So if the guys that are performing well, I'm happy with, there's only, like I said, a couple that are sticking out to me that aren't. But other than that, like these wins and losses, it's like you went up against the Royals. You did okay. I think the Royals are definitely not the best team in that division. And then you, the Cardinals came to town and that's kind of like your measuring stick is the Cardinals. The Cardinals have always been one of the teams that we've had to get over and even in a year where people will say Cardinals pitching is down, yeah, they don't have lights out pitching. Those guys pitch to contact. They play solid baseball. They are the team that you kind of want to be at this point in time. They weren't hitting a ton of home runs, really, and they were just manufacturing runs. So I'm just like, guys, you got to take this one on the chin. It wasn't a great weekend, but there were still some positives that came out of that because another one, Will Crow. Had a good outing on Sunday. A guy that maybe could be, you know, your number five next year. A guy that could be a long reliever moving forward. That's why, you know, Charrington went out and got him. That's why they brought him in here. Because, you know what, the ceiling might not have been as high. But, I mean, at one point in time, he was one of the top prospects. I know it was for the Nationals, but still, like, he was one of their top prospects. So, I am very... I don't know if it's like content with what happened this weekend or if I've accepted it, but I'm actually still kind of positive about the way that certain players are performing. Were you surprised at all by the amount of guys they basically DFA'd over the last week or so? Like we talked about it coming, but I mean, think about, think about what your team is right now in, in terms of your depth chart, especially in the outfield, like how goofy it is. Like the guys that they just were like, all right, we gave this guy a shot. It just, it didn't work out for him. Dustin Fowler, bye. 
You know, I mean, like, yeah. you know, like, sorry, it's just not working out. And you know what's, you know what's funny is when Alford got uh, DFA'd, Fowler probably thought, oh, I'm safe. And then they turn, <laughs> he's like, nope. They turn around, and they designated him right afterwards. And and they and they just and they go out and they get this Tom. Remember, he got he got he's a Rule Five guy from that the. I want to say that he came from no he was he didn't come from the A's the A's got him in the Rule Five, the A's he came from the Indians. Yeah, he came from the Indians. The A's put him out on waivers, so the Pirates have to keep them on on they have to keep him on their team for the entire season, or he goes back on the waivers, and if nobody claims him, then he can go. Then the Indians can grab him back again. So that's how this whole thing goes. But I mean, like. They're just going to rotate guys to the outfield. They have no outfielders. It's brutal. They have no, they, they can't figure out who their outfield is. They have Brian Reynolds. Yeah, that's it. They got Brian Reynolds. And I don't think he belongs out there as your center fielder. Haven't we done this before? We've talked about maybe he could be a center fielder. I, I, I think he's just a, a really nice corner outfielder. He's a solid yeah. left fielder. You still need to find a center fielder one day. I wouldn't mind if you just kept rotating people through in center field. Who cares? Don't ruin him. You know, just just let him play where he's at and let him be good because he you, if you let him play where he's at, you let him be good, then you build him up and then he's ready one day when your team is good and he's a superstar. Don't do anything that gets in his way. That's the way I see it. Play guys in the positions they're supposed to be in if they're your core. He's a core. Stop messing with him. You know, I do you like him in center field? There's part of me that thinks that that's not where he belongs. No, I mean, he he'll. He'll toe the company line, and he'll basically say, "I'm I'm happy to play wherever." And you know, I was a center fielder growing up, but I feel like he's kind of found his niche in left field. He's gotten comfortable with it. I think the the main reason he's out there is number one, I we don't have a center fielder, and if you're the only actual you know good outfielder, you're probably going to be playing center field because number one, you're going to cover more space because you're going to make up for. You know, Gregory Polanco, who can't get anywhere anymore and can't even throw the ball in to second base. Like, he has to hit the cutoff man. There, there, There's no overthrowing the cutoff man. Sometimes it's bouncing into the cutoff man. And with, with Kai I. Tom, or Kai I. Tom, he played some of the worst outfield in two days that I've pretty much ever seen in my life. Like, he took a bad read <laughs> on, like, Every single play, like on, on what was that on, on Friday night, uh, JT Brubaker gives up like a couple bloops, uh, to St. Louis, uh, Nolan Arenado. The first one, Tom misreads, can't catch up with the second one. Uh, Newman's backing up and Tom's just standing there thinking, oh yeah, he's got it. He's got it. False. Like. 15 feet behind Newman and Tom is just like not there to like make the play whatsoever to cover him. And I'm like thinking to myself, okay, yeah, JT gave up three runs, but honestly he gave up one because he gave up a home run and the other two were dinks. Tom's not going to last on his team. Let me tell you something right now. By the time this episode comes out, he could be DFA'd. Okay. This guy, he was a rule five pick because he had had a, Good showing the last time that he had been out in spring training, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. That's what I read about him. Yeah. And then he got picked up by the A's, and they're like, well, let's see if he has a good spring. Otherwise, we'll just return him. And then he had a good spring. So he's a great spring training player. And now he gets out into the actual grind of the games, and he's just not good enough. And he's a guy that's going to get returned. But you already knew that you didn't like the other guys that you had out there, you know? And so... 
The Pirates are searching right now for talent. They don't have enough of it. In reality, the minor leagues mean more than what's going on in the major league level right now. When you're, look, good teams aren't constantly recycling has-beens and never-was into their outfield. They're not doing that. You know, I get muscle aches all the time. I've gone from being able to do whatever I want to and not feeling any pain to basically getting pain for any kind of physical activity. Good news, there's a local family-owned Southside business that provides a CBD topical that will not break the bank. Creaky Bone Balm offers concentrated relief for creaky bones. It is an effective hemp-based CBD in a rejuvenating balm. And guess what? It's made in small batches, always free of preservatives, and all natural ingredients. It's great for muscle aches, tension, inflammation, joint pain. You can even use it for skin ailments like burns and dry, cracked skin. Right now, go to creakybone.com and use the promo code BASEMENT. Get 20% off your order. And now check out the new 2,500 milligram balm with reduced pricing on their classic balms right now at creakybone.com. This isn't the movie, uh, um, uh, what was that movie where they had a bunch of real, real big screw ups besides major league, but then the other one where the little kid takes over to Minnesota twins, little big league. This isn't one of those movies where like the team is crappy and yet somebody gives a really good speech and they go on an incredible run. And they win the pennant. That's not happening. All right. It's just, that's not what they are. So you've got a couple of guys that you're going to watch. And then I'm really curious as to what happens now with the minor league season starting. I mean, aren't you more intrigued by that right now? I mean, that's where my mind is. I mean, are you looking at that in any way? I know you're a minor league, like you're like, there's gym rats. You're a minor league rat. Like you just love the minor <laughs> leagues. You make pilgrimages. You're the one that sat around and say, J- said JT Brubaker looked better than Mitch Keller a couple years ago when you saw him in person. And guess yeah. what? He's better right now. Easily better than Keller is. So is there something, is there somebody you're excited to see? Is there a pilgrimage you're planning? Um, well, this Saturday I'll be uh, heading out to uh, Altoona with the little man, the littlest one, uh, me and him. Cause you got to get the pods of like two or four or something. And the other kids have, friends birthdays or something so i'm gonna i'm gonna head out there with him and i'm i'm actually kind of excited but as i wrote about i'm also kind of confused about double a because o'neill cruz is still there rodolfo castro who got a couple games in uh at the major league spot is there but i kind of like the pitching there and i i like some of the guys are coming up like mason martin uh is the first baseman out there so i'm i'm really looking forward to that uh, one of our, uh, one of our new, uh, outfielders from the, uh, the Jamison Tyon trade, uh, Smith Nyambaya is out there. I, I'm kind of excited about that. I, I, and the one I'm, I'm not excited about, but the only other one that I currently have planned, um, aside from my normal trip to Bradenton in, in August is out to Indy. And I'm not super excited about Indy. That's the sad part. The Pirates are stinking right now, so it would be like, oh, let's go see who's in AAA. That's probably the minor league team that I'm least excited to go see. Right, and you know what's weird? There are teams around Major League Baseball, if people haven't noticed this, there's teams around Major League Baseball that have been very aggressive in where they're placing their players 
in the minor league season. Remember, he didn't have a minor league season in 2020. So some teams are just saying, well, it is what it is. You, you know, you're, you're still going back to where we last thought you were going to be two years ago. And then some teams are saying, well, the stuff that you did away from actual gameplay when we had you working individually or in camp sites that maybe we didn't talk about, because there are a lot of major league teams that still had coaches working with guys. There are a lot of things that were set up where guys were working virtually. There's a lot of teams that took this, that took advantage of this and spent a lot of money to make sure that their minor leaguers didn't really lose a year. And there's some assignments that I'm seeing around Major League Baseball where guys are jumping one or two levels from where they were in 2019 without a 2020 season, and they're moving them up. The Pirates are kind of slow playing it. Now, I get why the Pirates are slow playing it because they're in a build. You're not going to rush anybody. You might as well take a look at them. But do you think it's possible that in the middle of the season, you could see a massive amount of promotions? Like you could see them making decisions on guys because, well, we sent you here because we didn't get a chance to look at you, but you have done a lot of work and you did bulk up. And because you weren't playing games, you actually paid attention to things like diet and, you know, mechanic things. And you were just sitting in a cage hitting and hitting and hitting and hitting. And you actually fixed that thing that we wanted you to fix that normally we can't get a guy to fix because he's so busy playing games, but you were just focusing things on things like nutrition. And when we told you you needed to lose 20 pounds, you lost it. When we told you you needed to gain 20 pounds, you gained it. When we told you for the next six months, just concentrate on this one thing that you're bad at, and you actually fixed it because you weren't interrupted by games. Do you think it's possible that you'll actually see some quick promotions and some some interesting guys really show you something in the first couple of months of the minor league season? Um, I think they're going to have to. With some of the guys, and I think they may have realized even some guys' mental makeups and everything that it's like, you know what, if we throw him into this situation right now, he might actually flounder and it might be worse for his development. Maybe he's actually a triple A guy like a, you know, a Rodolfo Castro or an O'Neill Cruz. But let's let them experience, you know, some success at double A. The only guy that they really jumped in my mind aggressively is Travis Swaggerty. Uh, they jumped him. The last time I saw him was 2019 down in Bradenton, which at that point in time was high A. Guy hit like 265, eight home runs. I uh, did have a decent amount of sp- stolen bases. At, for a left-hander, he actually hit better against lefties than he did against righties. But I, it wasn't a guy that I was super high on. I... He's up in AAA right now, which I did not see that placement coming whatsoever. But Ben Sherrington said he did really good at the alternative site last year. He did really good um, in their, you know, in the spring training and especially at the alternate site. Uh, they were playing some games uh, out in Columbus. I think maybe the ones in Toledo might have gotten snowed out or something. But they said that he was the most consistent hitter and he has actually improved a lot. But I shouldn't say there's not people I don't want to see out in Indianapolis. He would be one that I'm watching very closely. If he develops, you know, where he needs to be, uh, he was a highly touted prospect at one point in time. When I saw him, I just, I really wasn't impressed and I was concerned about his development. Uh, but uh, there's a point where, you know, he may, he may have taken that step forward. Uh, another surprise placement was Cody Bolton down in double A. I I was really thinking, you know, he would be in AAA, but, you know, he's starting down there and he's a guy that could jump up real quick. 
I another couple guys I mentioned uh, uh, in the articles was uh, Nick Gonzalez and Leovo Pagero. Uh, they're sitting down in high A, uh, but I could honestly see them up in Altoona pretty quickly. Uh, you know, Lyova Pagero brought in from the Starling Marte trade, but we haven't actually got to see him play any minor league baseball. Uh, and also his visa, he had trouble with that coming into spring training. He came in late, hit the ball like crazy when he did arrive in spring training. So I could see them being like, okay, let's just get him started and see what's going uh, people have talked about maybe Nick Gonzalez, number one draft pick last year, starting in, in double A. But they're just like, you know what? I think that they want to see certain successes with some guys. They may not have got to see enough of them. A lot of guys haven't played any organized baseball in a while. So we don't know how pitchers have been built up. We don't know, you know, how much live uh, at bats that batters have been able to take and stuff. So I feel like in some ways they've been uh, – Passive with some guys to a degree, uh, but also, like I said, Swaggerty was the one that kind of jumped out and surprised me that he is, he's starting out in in AAA where I I basically had him like dead to rights pegged in AA. Do you think that that guy is a big time future piece? I mean, I was reading about him today and I couldn't wait for you to talk about him. And I I, I was like, oh, as I read about him, it seems like the Pirates are high on him. Yeah, which which makes me feel good because I'm telling like myself like as a as a fan when I went to see the game and I was just like man I I wanted to see how he played and I was just kind of disappointed and I'm like did I miss something when I saw him but he just he didn't he wasn't even the best outfielder Cal Mitchell uh, in the couple games I went to see down there actually outperformed him like head and shoulders above but once again we haven't seen him other than a few at-bats in spring training uh, since 2019. I mean, these guys have had eyes on them. They've, you know, been getting, you know, a lot of, like, individualized coaching, especially at the alternate site, when there was no way he was getting called up to the majors last year. So there was maybe a way that they worked on something, the way that they worked on something uh, with Cabrian Hayes, where, you know, I wasn't as high on Cabrian Hayes because I had gone to see him. And it's just like when he came out last year and especially like spring training this year, I'm like, this is a different guy. So maybe they unlock something with Travis Swaggerty that I hadn't been able to see. So that's actually one person in, uh, in Indianapolis. And there are a few other guys, most of them being pitchers that I'm kind of excited to see out there, but yeah, I'm going to see like the the type of start that Travis Swaggerty gets off to. Cause like you said, Chris, they are seem to be that he did everything that they asked him to do and they are high on him. And I just hope that they're not rushing him because he actually is the next probably outfield prospect other than Jared Oliva, uh, who could make an impact. And all of us even like a little bit below swaggerty as far as his ceiling is. But yeah, man, I, I I'm hoping they're not rushing him just to, to see how he's doing. And I'm hoping that he's actually going to do that. Well, that's where like, I'm just, I'm very anxious to see the minor league season start just because nobody's been talking about it. Like last, like last year with the, with the alternate site, we talked to Garrett Mansfield, former uh, voice of the Altoona curve. And before I talked to him, nobody was reporting what was going on there. Uh, This year, the, the alternate site, 
I did not see like one report from anybody who had like, you know, has media credentials and has anything. I don't know if the pirates were trying to hide that. I don't know what was going on with that, but we didn't hear anything from the Arnett site from anybody as to what they were doing, how they were doing or anything. So it's just very weird. If, if the team is supposed to be your future, like the, the teams that are down there, they're going to have to get more eyes and ears on there. But you know what? Maybe don't because I'm going to do it for you. You might be the only guy that's actually covering it. You know, to kind of bring it all back around full circle, you know, we saw the Pirates kind of play out above their skis over the first couple of weeks of this season. And another team is doing that as well, and that's in my uh, fantasy baseball league where the Yinsplosion, <laughs> the Craig's team, the Yinsplosion, which is clearly in a rebuild in this dynasty league, has scored the second least amount of points in this league, in this fantasy baseball league. And yet, he is sitting in fifth place right now at 3-1. and one. And it's all going to end this week. You know that, right? Because you yeah, just I'm ran, I'm playing you, aren't I? You just ran into my team, the highest scoring team in the league. That's three and one, and in first place. And I'm I'm expected to beat you by over a hundred points. So, so it like this is what happened. The same thing. You're in a rebuild. You've had a little bit of luck. A couple of guys have over overperformed. You're like, oh, maybe this guy's actually halfway decent. And now you're about to get reality. So it it happens to everybody. Happened to the Pirates? Gonna happen to you now. Yeah, I'm not afraid of it. I'm I'm actually I'm 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 welcoming this because I think maybe my head's getting a little bit too big, even though I pretty much I think I wouldn't have beat anybody else last week. I had like one of the worst weeks. I started off like the beginning of the week at like uh, with a negative twelve or something after the first day. It was just absolutely absolutely brutal. But you know what? That's kind of like the Pirates. It's like, you know what? Start started off with that, but I'm playing kind of like a, a team that was on a down downward spiral, like Everybody's saying, you know, oh, like they took two of four from the Padres. I'm like, they took two of four from the Padres without like their best player. They took, you know, games from other teams without their best players. And people will say, well, we don't have Cabrian Hayes. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, Cabrian Hayes probably makes a couple good plays in there and maybe hits a home run. But we're still not beating some of these teams. Like, that's just, that's the reality of the situation that we're in. I want to see him play to see him play. I don't need to see him play to get us back into games or win games for us. I mean, it'd be kind of cool if he had a walk-off home run, but if he goes like three for five and makes like two dazzling plays and we lose uh, 12 to one or something and, and he hits in Brian Reynolds, I, I mean, I'm, that's where I'm at right now, man. <laughs> now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day.